0: The million dollar question. How do entrepreneurs transition from self-employed to owning a business that turns a profit? My name is Chris Waters, and this podcast has the million dollar answer. Welcome to CEO Secrets. Hey guys, it's Chris Waters with CEO Secrets. I'm really excited about our guest today. I have brought in somebody uniquely positioned to help you learn about marketing and building your business. Um, Joe here on our podcast today, what's super fascinating about Joe is that um, he coaches and helps uh, registered investment advisors. Registered investment advisors are folks in the financial game that help people manage retirement, investment accounts and things like that. And um, Joe's actually never... Um, been a registered investment advisor, yet he coaches over 1,500 registered investment advisors to um, help them increase their business. And you know, ultimately, I, I think, Joe, in a, a thesis of what you do is you're a high-level accountability partner and performance coach to help drive results. And I think there's a lot people um, can learn from you that applies universally to a lot of other different industries. So Joe, um, welcome, welcome to CEO Secrets.
1: Chris, it's great. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to digging in with you today.
0: So you, uh, you've been in you've been in this world of performance coaching now for well over 20 years. Yeah. Um, what led you into this? You you weren't in registered investment advisory, but you got into performance coaching. What was the you know light bulb moment 20 some odd years ago that got you into this?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it brief because we could take the whole episode just talking about my, my story here. So uh, I've always been a student of, of, of personal development, self-development. Uh read Think Think Grow Rich when I was 17 years old and, uh, and growing up and, you know, I did not grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I did not go to the best colleges. In fact, I never went to college. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't say successful entrepreneurs, just entrepreneurs. Yeah. And um, you know, back in the very early '90s, I got hooked up with the uh, Tony Robbins organization with one of his affiliates, and they were looking for uh, someone to uh, rep rep Tony and the businesses that he had uh, in New Jersey and Lower Manhattan. And so, basically, what happened was, you know, I did that for about two years. Uh, my wife was uh, eight months pregnant. And uh, Chris, at the time, the way the model worked was that it was commission-only gig, right? And uh, so I would basically cold walk wirehouses, insurance companies. Uh, you know, at the time the RA, RA world was very small, and uh, we would just sell Tony training programs, cassette tapes, corporate training. Uh, what a lot of people at the time didn't know about about you know him was we had a big corporate training outfit beyond the infomercials that you guys would see, you know, late at night. And uh, so I did it for about two years. And what was happening was that I'd have like these, uh, these investment advisors uh, and I would get to know them because I kind of see them every couple of weeks on my kind of route, if you will. And uh, they started asking me questions about, hey, what do you think about this goal or I'm stuck here or how would you handle this? And so it was really just, you know, if you think about whether you're in the finance game, in the real estate game, in the mortgage game or anything. Your income is going to be directly proportional to your performance, and your and your performance is directly proportional to your mindset, you know, how you view things, how you look at things, and then your your habits and your disciplines and so on. So, I did that, and my wife was eight months pregnant, and uh, and I got kind of it was I was getting burnt out because there's no recur- there's no relational aspect of it. I I sold, I ate, if I didn't sell, I didn't eat. Well, there's only so many Tony books, there's only so much of anything to go around and I'd be kinda out out of luck. And so I said to my wife, I said, look, I think there's a business here. I don't know what it is, but I think there's something here. So she literally gave me, now we're eight months pregnant with my first child and she goes, I'm gonna give you 30 days to prove this. Otherwise you have to go get a job, a real job. And I know who I am, I'm unemployable. I'm not, I just don't, I'm not good with rules and telling, and other people telling me what to do. So what I did was I went back to my clients at the time in New York and I basically said, Hey, I've left the Robbins organization. I am a peak performance consultant. That's exactly what I called myself. And I said, you know, I'll give you an hour of my time. Bring me your challenges. And at the end of that hour, I'm going to slide you a blank invoice. You put any number you want on it, cash or check only, no credit cards. And so, so, basically, that's how I started my career, was just putting myself out there and doing what I do. And, you know, fast forward now, 26 years later, you know, I, you know I've done over 56,000 individual coaching sessions, currently work with 1,500 different advisors in all ways, shapes, and forms, several different countries. So, um, you know, I was coaching when this was not a thing.
0: What? In- I, I want right. to extract the brilliance, man. How do you... You know, so it, it, you're obviously not teaching registered investment advisors on what to invest money in. Oh, no, no, no! no. You, you are pushing them to get great results, and obviously, it's been very successful because you have over fifteen hundred people, which is crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, what, so, what are the you know behaviors and activities that they're doing day in and day out after they've got the right mindset? What are they doing?
1: Day well, day no, day? no. So, so the mindset first. Let's talk about the mindset first, then let's talk about the. Because what a lot of, and I don't care what what business you're in. The, the fatal mistake people make when they're trying to, when they're trying to elevate their game, they get caught up in the, what do I need to do story? What do I need to do to double my business? What do I need to do? And that's never the right question. The first question is, who do you need to become? Because if you can't figure out your next level of identity, the actions and behaviors don't matter. They'll never take They'll, you'll never be consistent with deploying them. So for like an example, if I've got a client and they say, hey, I want to go from $1 million of top line to $2 million of top line. Okay, cool. First question, why is it an absolute must? If they can't sell me on their compelling reason why, it's not like, hey, I'd like to do this or it'd be really cool to do this, no. In our world with everything that comes at us today, if you're not dialed into exactly it's a must, it will never happen. Part of it, Some of it might, but you're never gonna get the whole thing. So number one, why is it a must? Number two, Tell me about how we're going to do it. And that's, where, and that's where we, hey, how do I do this? In your game, right, the real estate game, if somebody wants to go from this amount of dollars of rev to this, how many listings, you know, you know the recipe to get somebody from point A to point B. That's always the easiest thing. Cause that's like getting on a whiteboard or getting the calculator out, figuring it out. Simple yeah. stuff. Yeah. The, but the next two pieces, who do you need to become is really the, the key question. Because if I've got somebody doing a million dollars of top line, hey, you know what that person looks like? I know what that person looks like. I know their mindset, their habits, their behaviors, their beliefs, their action, how they operate, all of that. This gets this will get us that. So I'm taking gonna,
0: a lot of notes, by the way. So when you that, uh, when you see me typing, I'm like, oh, I'm
1: not worried about. That's uh, fine. well, I'm, good news. I hope you're recording this, right? So I'm recording it, and I'm taking notes. So uh, so so if I want to go, if I want to, if I want to double. The first – after I ask myself the why is it a must because I got I to have buying, right? Because there are going to be days you're not going to do it. you are not okay. going to do what's necessary. Let me so ask you some got, questions about yeah. them.
0: Let me interrupt you and ask some questions. Sure. So what are, what are some, some bullshit musts versus like some true like musts to accomplish something? it's
1: not even like the bullshit So I'm, I'm glad we're now talking to like real people now. Um, so it's not so much that there's a bullshit must, it's, it's not sold to the person. So it sounds like, well, what, I really, what I'm really gonna try to do is grow my top line by 20% this year. What I'm really, it's in the languaging. When I listen to somebody, like internal dialogue, you know, we talk about mindset. Well, people have been talking about mindset for decades, right, so what is mindset? Now, what, like, okay, what is, how do you define it, right? And to me, there's five things. What you believe, what's important to you, how do you determine that's important to you, your self-identity, your self-image, the man or woman in the mirror, and your internal dialogue, right, five things. And so, if you're talking to yourself like, man, I hope this really happens, or I should really try to, right, you have that God dialogue going on, you're not committed. So the first thing I do is I listen to how people explain things to me or how they how they announce or declare things to me. <laughs> and if it's soft, dude, I said, "Look, man, you're not locked in on this. This is like wishy-washy. If I was an angel investor, I wouldn't give you a penny. I'm not buying what you're selling me because you you haven't bought you yet, right? So, so that's where we start with that process first. Is they gotta convince because they can't convince me of their of their goal or mission. They're they're dead. Ain't gonna happen. You know they may get some result, but they're not gonna get what they need. It's not gonna happen, right? Bottom line. So we so we vet all that, right? And that's part of it. So like a so to me like a like a bullshit must, if you will, would be you know it's like well I want to do a little bit better. Hey, you know, what I really want to do, Joe, I want to be better. I want to make more money. Okay, well, how do we define it? You know, here's 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 a dollar. You know what do you want, right? So. I think it, and it has to be in my mind, Chris. The the goal has to be where, and I and I look at in our game. I don't care if it's the finance game, the real estate game, the mortgage game. It's very hard to say I'm going to do X in a linear aspect. There's so there's variables. <clears throat> my variable in my game, a client mine gets a referral. It could be a fifty thousand dollar portfolio. It could be a a five hundred thousand dollar portfolio or five million dollar portfolio. Right, in your game. A listing could be a quarter million dollar listing or a $25 million listing, right? So there's so many variables that, okay, let's set up the rules of the game that we can win. So what I do is I say, look, let's, let's do ranges, right? So what's the minimum that you'll accept in terms of annual growth? And then what's the brass ring? And I want like a gap. Like I want a, I want a range like that, a big target that I can hit versus a pass-fail goal. A lot of people set pass-fail goals. And what they don't realize is that, you know, first of all, they send them high, which is okay. But then if they don't think they're on track for it, what do most people do? They abandon them. They kind of say, you know what, that's not going to happen for me this year. So they go off and do something else. So for me, it's really about locking, locking my clients in on, okay, why is it a must? How are we going to do that? And then who do we need to become? Because I'm telling you, the, the million dollar guy is not, is not the two million dollar guy. And in my game, your game, the person has to get their first, the bank account follows soon thereafter. It is not the other way around, right And so so to me it's about helping them really establish that that new identity. Well what do you have to believe? What has to be important to you? How do you have to measure it? What does that what do when you look at your mirror, what do you need to see? Because if you don't like your self-image, then hey, Go to the gym, change your wardrobe. Like, if you don't like the, if you're like the man or woman in the mirror and you're like, I'm an imposter, I'm lucky, you have all that BS going on, you're going to sabotage your game, right? And then the fifth one is how you, the conversation with yourself every day, right? Because if it's like, I'm lucky, I sh- try, should, right? Try, should, it's never, you're never going to take ownership of it to go do it. And the beauty of this is all up to you. Like, there's nothing I just said that you need a third party. To go make happen for you, mm-hmm. you've got to take, just take control of your own. Of your, I call it the game. You got to take care of your own. You got to take control of your own game, basically.
0: What is it? Tony Robbins says he says you make most people make a decision when uh, something is at such a high level of pain. You f- you feel
1: yeah, fault. pain pleasure, right? Yes. So so most people don't take action on things until so the, the pain of not taking action yeah. overwhelms the uncomfortableness of taking action, basically. Yeah. Right. And, and you know this from being a successful realtor and running a, a big team, you know, leadership is uncomfortable. It just is. You know, if, if you get up in the morning and you're comfortable, then your game's not big enough. Yeah. Like a lot of people seek comfort and in the performance based game, like our games, if you get up in the morning and you're comfortable, Hey, then you, then you, that's a dangerous place. Comfort zones in our game are dangerous. They're so like cancer, they're a the silent killer. Right. So I'm always pushing my guys, guys and gals. I and not that they need more money, but money is a resource. You can give it away, start foundations, a lot of things you do it with capital, right? So grow or die. I want I I force if you're gonna work with me in any way, look, we're we're in growth mode. And I've got I've got clients in their mid sixties and early seventies that are still committed to growing their revenue streams by you know 10, 15, 20 percent. They could retire. They don't need the money. They just like the game, right? And I keep calling it that because that's how we like to look at it.
0: So would you um, argue that essentially most people get stuck um, and maybe stagnant because they are comfortable?
1: Yeah. So like in, in my world, when when somebody comes into, into, into our profession here, uh, a lot of people end up doing what I call needs-based goal planning, which is – oh man, All I, if I could just make X amount of dollars a year, like their world is, okay, I can pay my more. You know, they kind of, they think about survival, right? So they go scarcity survival. That's where, look, you, whether you're a realtor, financial advisor, the first time, unless you've got some backing economically, you look, you're in scarcity survival mode for the first couple of years. You know, you're just trying to, you're trying to validate, hey, is this is what I need to be doing. And can I make some money at it, right? The problem with that though, I find, is that you create those habits and patterns of how you set goals you kind of keep things close to the vest, you know you and what happens is you you just kind of eke it a little bit now there are exceptions to that rules like guys like you would just kind of elevate but for most people in our games you know they they, they kind of get caught up in this kind of trap where their goal is to make enough money to be comfortable Mm -hmm. right and then and then guess what if that's your goal that's what you get, right? It's the way the world works. Plus or minus 10, 20%. So for me, what? it's about not increasing my client's overhead, like go get a bigger house or get a third car, or anything like that. But why do, we want to, why do we want to continue to grow? Because if you stop growing, it's it boring. And this is a habit-based business. You kind of come back. And then you end up playing office all day. There's no, emotional juice, or, there's no emotional juice or drive. Really- what if?
0: What if, so let's say you're, 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 self-aware of all this. You're self-aware. that That's the
1: biggest, that dude, that's a big assumption for most people, but go ahead.
0: Let's say you're self-aware that you are in a comfortable place, yep. but yet where you're, but yet you're uncomfortable because you know personally you're not growing and you lack fulfillment, mm-hmm. yep. right? And you're at that pain point where you're like getting really, really frustrated yep. with lack of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't do anything about it because you're comfortable. Like, how do you push that person to take action and get results?
1: It goes back to the why. You know, so if somebody's comfort zone is half a million dollars a year, top line, and that's where they've been, like, kind of last several years, right? Try a little breakouts, but it doesn't really happen. It's just kind of ebbs and flows that way. You know, I got to, look, you know, you said to me, hey, what would make you excited about your day? Well, if I can double my revenue, I said, what would you do with it? and I got to get them on a mission, right, create. We have to create a vision, a plan. In fact, uh, you know, what I do with all my clients, we have this five-year strategic plan that we build out, which is ideal lifestyle, bucket list. Like, I don't just look at their business and say, okay, let's go make some more money because that's a cool thing to do. I want to know how they're going to deploy the capital. Like, if you want to go to New Zealand for a month, then let's figure that out and let's tie some things to it, right? If you want the lake house or... Hey, I, I live here, but I want to live on Lake, uh, Lake Austin. You know, let's figure that out, right? Let's figure this. Let's, let's, let's create a game that if by, growing your, by growing your revenue, you get this. Because at some point, you know, money, is, it doesn't mean much. If you already have a level of success, and, and for a lot of my clients, probably felt like we're, into the, we're now into the legacy game where it's about foundations and giving back and, and leaving a footprint, an imprint on what's important to them right so there's different forms of compelling reasons some of it could just be monetarily uh, monetary some of it could be you know experiences it could be things it could be contribution and everybody's driven by different elements of that recipe so it's not like one thing fits all and my job and my job as a coach is to figure out is to help identify those drivers inside of my clients mindset and value system, and then create the game around that because now it's their game. I don't do cookie cutter stuff. Like I create it so that it's theirs, and they get up every morning and they do our eight step protocol, which kind of get like an athlete has their pregame game. We have a pregame scenario we do, and and off we go. So it, it's really about it's really about that. And I think the scariest part for any entrepreneur is is really that comfort zone because. So- once you're there man everything could break down real quick
0: you know uh, if you if you turn on the TV and you see these people that do this is kind of an extreme example sure. you see on TV these interventions where people yeah. uh, drug or alcohol whatever have yeah. whatever family circles them and like pushes them to go and rehab and yeah. and then they don't ever, ever end up getting cured right yeah. my my point of, of saying that of that story is like in sales and entrepreneurship um. You know, if somebody doesn't have, you know, ultimately, I think we'd all agree the reason they don't make it successfully out of rehab and stay sober is because they don't have the internal desire.
1: So that's number one. And the second thing is they never create that new identity. They still identify with the old person. They never said, okay, that's, that was that. This is my X point. Now this is me over here. I understand it's part of my past, but I'm not going to identify with it anymore. Right. So
0: my so my point of that um, example is let's say for example you're you know you're running a business and you rec- you know you recruit salespeople and like you push them to the max like you yep. know and, and you get to a point where they're you know they're they're happy like they're content and it's like you want them to perform up here but they're happy here right like as a performance coach do you think you can actually push somebody above where they want to be or is it one of those situations where if they haven't personally figured out like they need the internal desire no matter how great of a performance coach you are, you're not going to push them above that level.
1: Correct. Uh, that's exactly right. And then look, there's no, it's not a knock on our game. It just, that's true. That's hundred percent accurate because if they're not, if they don't have compelling reason to go do something, I don't care what training you give them controlling sales programs, bonus scenarios. If they don't equate, Hey, I want to go do it. And here's why. Uh, it's not going it to has to be a must right and and the biggest challenge i have and and you're kind of hitting the nail on the head a little bit differently but it means the same thing which is you get you get somebody and like you said you get them to a certain spot they that's the word comfortable and they're cool right hey i'm like in their mind this is my version of the ultimate success i'm where i am and and quite frankly a lot of times when you really peel their onion back and really get to, to talk to them a lot of times they don't think they deserve anything more than this. And they think that they're lucky to have what they have. And that's and that's a conversation that you know you don't you only get, you're not gonna go into sales meeting and get that conversation. But when you really talk to them and say, look, what is it truly that's holding you back? If I said to you, if I said to you, you had to double your business in the next 12 months, or I'm going to come and kill your entire family, and that's an absolute promise. What would you do? And I've used that and I use that an example and I always qualify a little bit obviously. And, and they, they say, well, oh, I would go do this. I would do that. I would do that. So it's not a question, you know what to do. You're just not willing to do it. Cause it's not compelling for you.
0: So, I just
1: made it I just made it compelling in, in, in like a, a hypothetical, <laughs> right. From that perspective. So it's, they just don't have the, there's not a big enough want. There's not a big enough why to get them into a different game. Are comfortable
0: so on the compelling reason side you, you mentioned that one of the things you do is the five-year plan yep. what are some of the other tools you uh, leverage to try to help people come up with those compelling reasons to take action? great
1: so so I in my space you know the advisor space uh, I am the only I am the only coach that actually hosts a three-day live uh, strategic planning workshop uh, I've you know we fly, you know they come they pay they we fly them into Fort Lauderdale uh, we do it overlooking the ocean for three days and we do, we do current benchmarks. We do current mindset, future mindset. We do a, a sunrise goal-setting workshop on the beach. Then we jump into a five-year module, one-year module, marketing module, branding module, business development module. And then what we do, we, we take it all. And uh, my guys and gals play with this every day. It's a 90-day game plan, two pages. They, they look at this every morning to identify associate. And so we take a five-year vision and we extrapolate it down to a series of 90-day mini plans. So we just kind of pull it in because you can't, you know, you're not going to read 80 pages every day. You're just not going to do that. Right. But can you spend 10 minutes on this over a cup of coffee going over it? Yeah, you can. Hmm. So it's, it's, really, it's really about that. And, and then to me, you know, it's all about the day. So if I can get one of my clients to have five solid days, Monday through Friday, execute, right? That's all that matters. Not, hey, what did I do yesterday? What do I need to do next month? But, but build and execute your business in the moment. Do your strategic planning, but execute today. Don't worry about what you gotta do two weeks from now. What are you gonna do today to, you know, one of my mentors early in my career said to me, one of the best questions you can ask yourself in the morning, and then a the second question in the evening is number one, what am I gonna do to, what am I gonna do to grow my business today? And then subsequently, what did I do to grow my business today if you get get you get in the habit of asking yourself those questions first thing and last thing, it will make you very aware of what's going on inside of your game
0: Joe, what do you do? Or do you have any other businesses besides Magellan in your coaching and your existing clients? are you you know um, involved in other stuff real estate investing like what's your world to look
1: like oh great question so so uh, you know I do none of that um, you know obviously we, we invest money and we take care of my family here but um, number one, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. I, I lucked into what I do. I'm the first one to admit that it was not it was not by design. It's just kind of and and quite frankly, uh, Lower Manhattan. It was you know advising. If I was in San, if I was in San Francisco, I probably would have done this with uh, you know you know uh, technology, right? Or in Austin, technology, right? So it's just the way it happened. So I don't really. I'm very much a focus guy. I've dabbled with other things throughout my career, right? And here's what I've learned: um, if somebody else is handling all that stuff, I'm okay with that. But I can't. I want to stay here. I mean, I, I live and breathe what I do, twenty four seven. I love it. How you know? do you How
0: do you How do you stay focused? I mean, if you've got that serial entrepreneurial bug, and yeah. You get excited about new opportunities. How do you? <laughs> You know, how do you stay focused? And-
1: well, it's you know, I I I listened to I can't remember the person's name on the podcast years ago. He said one of the great things all very successful people do is learn the art of no, and it's and that's a duality: no to other people and no to yourself. Like, no, we're not going to do that because the you know it's 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 a distraction, right? And and I've watched clients of mine who are very successful inside of the advisor game go off and do crazy crazy stuff, go be partners in a restaurant go build office buildings and you know what 75% of the time they turn out not to be good. You know, they're they're, like, they know this game, they don't get spread out. So, and look, and I've got clients who are almost venture capitalists. They invest in a lot of businesses and they're super successful, but they're wired for it and they're committed to it. Right. There's no free lunch. So, you know, you can't sit there and say, well, I want want to kind of do my thing nine to five Monday through Friday, but I want to build an empire. doesn't work that way that's not there's no free lunch in what we do right
0: so um when you're like speaking of venture capital so when you're you know when you're looking at a business opportunity one of the things they're paying attention to is the uh potential addressable market and addressable market based off what you think you can do from a penetration perspective from a sales perspective Mm -hmm. so what if you're somebody like watching this podcast and You've built a business; it's super successful, mm-hmm. but you know you've um, you've hit a ceiling with that mm-hmm. specific business, and yeah. you have to make radical changes to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's from like an organizational structure perspective, and perhaps mm-hmm. you you don't want to make those massive changes, and and you want to you know pivot um, and and pursue another. Opportunity? Do you yeah. completely, you know, burn the ships and shut down the thing you're involved in, and then transition over to the next opportunity, or do you try to do both? What's What's your opinion I,
1: there? I think that I think there's something in the middle, which is I look to bring in someone who would be a good steward of of the current business. Whether that's an equity situation or some other type of, you know, I would want to have somebody come in and run that. If it was, if it was viable and it was cash flow positive and, and employed people and it added value to other people, you know, I, I would kind of probably be loath. I would probably either want to do a strategic transaction, i.e., sell it to somebody who would take care of it, or I would look to maybe bring in somebody uh, to run it for me, and whether, it's that, whether that's equity or not. Um, I think the worst thing any entrepreneur can do is to sit in the captain's chair of a boat they're not excited about anymore. You know, you just kind of hang and, you know, you're, and your mind's wandering, you're not engaged. You're there physically, but you're like, you're, you're, you'd rather be doing something else. Uh, that's not leadership. So, you know, I, I t- and that's one of the things I tell all my clients is, look, find a way to engage in this thing. And if you can't find a way, then please sell it. Because don't, don't hang. You do nobody no good. You, first off, it's a waste of your time yeah, your wallet looks good and your bank account's kind of neat. I get that. But you're not going to be a happy person. You're just going to be hanging out. It's like a, well, it's a well-paid job is what you're going to have.
0: There's no, there's no excitement in that, right? So what's been your – in, in the service industry, you know, like registered investment advisors, yeah. like, like real estate agents. Sure. Um, what's, the, what's the valuation on a business from your experience? In uh,
1: recurring revenue, 2 to 2.5x, top line. we're looking at right and that's only paid out either in a one-time transaction paid out over five years uh and that's on recurring rev like fee-based business um if it's more transactional like we're just buying stuff and commission-based it's gonna be probably this these days maybe one x totally different valuation scheme right so so really look advisory business is really a cash flow business you know the equity is really client goodwill because there's no contractual obligation, so so we operate in at least in my world, we operate in the goodwill game, and uh, and basically in the cash flow game. You know, you know there there are a lot of transactions. There's a lot of consolidation. A lot of advisors are leaving because they're they're not that they're aging out, but they want to go. So there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of consolidations going on. A lot of rollups going on right now in, in Do my people space. People
0: have the money to buy these people that are. Oh yeah, man.
1: Uh, there's a ton of, there's a ton of private equity in our space. So these guys, like,
0: uh, these guys, with the book of business, are selling to PE firms.
1: Yeah, yeah, or to other advisors who are backed by PE firms. Like one of my clients, um, you know, I don't know if we, I don't know if we'll get it done this year or not, but he's gonna, you know, the, he's got a PE firm that wants to give him two hundred million. They want to give him two hundred million dollars to go do, to go shopping in the wow. space right? There's just so, a lot of money. There's just in, in my, in my, because again, if we're doing fee-based asset management, it's a recurring revenue business. I mean, it's a great business to be in and nothing gets being a realtor, but you sell a house, you sell a house. Now you gotta go sell another house, right? Yep. Unless you become an owner. And then that's a whole different scenario at that so
0: point. So in, in a, in a more transactional business, um, mm-hmm. let's say real estate brokerage, for example, Yeah. you know, um, what I've learned is typically at certain top line revenue numbers, the multiple increases. What's mm-hmm. been your opinion? What have you seen um, from a, uh, from an exit perspective that people realize, you know, like, for example, at 5 million top line revenue, what's multiple 10 million. What, what have you seen?
1: Uh, you know, in, in my game, there's a couple of different things. It's not just top line cause it's a top line it's not well organized. So if you're going to, if you're going to evaluate a business in our, in our business, number one, how old are the clients? Because if you got if you got if you know if you're going to be going to way more funerals than weddings, that cash flow is going to fall off as people die. You know you're not going, Chancellor. You're not going to really retain that next generation. So we look at that, uh, the quality of how the business is run, how the investments are done, what pro, you know what what products or what strategies are they, in, things like that. Uh, your human capital. How you know your support staff or they staying stuff like that? The art, the real estate in our in our business really doesn't matter that much anymore. It used to matter. It matters a little bit less than that. So yeah, if you're if you're a larger entity, let's say a five to ten million dollar top line, uh, that would probably be five hundred million to a billion dollars of, of money that you run for people. There's a little bit higher multiple, and and you know I have seen three uh, x deals, um, you know where it was three times top line. And we can still cash flow positive. We can still make them cash flow positive from year one because there's that kind of margin in, in the in the business. You know, if it's run well, if you take owner comp out and everything else, there's still a lot of cash flow there to fund debt or acquisition cost depending on how we're structuring
0: the deal. The reason I'm asking all these questions is because I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people that are watching this um, podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and and on YouTube and we'll post this in our Facebook group, but sure. there are a lot of people watching this with a really big business and mm-hmm. they're not being a good steward of their business and they're sitting in the captain's seat and mm-hmm. they need a compelling reason to get out and find the next venture. And so, yeah. you know, that's why I'm, I'm interested in talking to you about kind of the um, the exits you've seen yeah. for people in the service type business. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of um, exits, and you know something interesting in this in the service business I've seen is that you typically have to do these earnouts, right? So you get paid a chunk of money up front, and then they make yep. you stay on board for like two to three years. And it's like, man, I can make just as much money from the net income stay on board two to three years. So like, why should I even sell the business?
1: That's right, and that's why that's why sometimes you're better off bringing somebody in. When you, you know, I'm sure real estate is very similar to my game. You know, it's it's really a cash flow business. There, and you've got client goodwill, there's not a lot of hard assets associated with it typically. And, and in my game, I, you know, I get retained by guys who say, look, I want to work with you for a couple of years, I want to get everything organized, get everything structured out, and then I want to put it on the market and I want, I want to go. And, and I would say nine out of 10 times when we start getting into it and we create, a new, we create a new possibility for somebody, they say, you know what, why would I want to sell this for 2.5x? After like three or four years, I'm I'm in a hole, yeah. And and most of the guys I work with, like they they're not good at retirement. They don't they like yeah. vacations, but like there's only so much fishing they want to do, only so much golf they want to do, almost, almost only so much travel they want to do. So and I and I've seen guys leave and like four years later they go, um, I'm thinking about getting back in. I go. Um, you're 67 and you sold at 65. Why do you talk to me about this, Right. Yeah. And, I, and I said, and you know, and I've had a couple of situations like that and I'm blunt. I said, look, you're a dummy. I told you not to sell your business. I said, let's go, let's go hire junior. Let's go bring somebody in a run and let's want you be CEO emeritus. Right. And just kind of, you know, have an office come in, don't run the day to day, but be the strategic visionary above it. Right. Be that person. You don't need to be in the trenches. So a lot of times, like in my world, I just have to create a different seat, a different chair for somebody, mm-hmm. and then let somebody else sit in that more tactical chair, and let them run the business. Right? We can influence. It's, it's still our baby. I that's, that's a much better. That's a much better cash flow scenario than trying to sell it. The the, mul- the multiples aren't high enough in my mind.
0: I know this isn't in, you know in your sphere, and I'm asking you a lot of questions unrelated to the stuff you coach about. But just that's okay. You know, two plus decades of coaching people and I'm sure you've seen a lot of different things. But I think it's I think it's a, you know, it's relevant for people, you know, to understand like the exit strategy in a service based business isn't that great until you get no. it really, and you gotta get it really big to make it good. And then yep. and then it makes more sense to just find somebody to run it for you. Yep. What? You're not gonna get
1: fifteen X, seventeen X, you're not gonna get a heavy valuation. Because most service businesses are goodwill or are, are goodwill based.
0: What's you know, it, what are you no, typically no, finding is it you got to compensate somebody for, to find somebody that's like the CEO of a 100-person service-based business?
1: Again, I think it really – so, you know, I'll answer for mine. I can, yeah. I can tell you from my side what it looks like. Every, I think it's going to depend. So I just had somebody bring in a president because they want to go kind of stuff. And, you know, so it's a combination. It's going to be probably, I think, three fifty on a base, and that's, you know, 350000 and then they're going to get performance. And we like to do, my recommendation is let's do performance-based deals so that they have skin in the game, whether that's a cash flow bonus, uh, equity options, right? Ideally, you want somebody to feel like it's there. So we're always probably going to figure out an equity component of it uh, if, they, you know, if it makes sense. So that's what we would look at. And, and from an owner perspective, I just think that's just a, such a better play unless you really are so burnt out. That you say, you know what? I, I just got to wash my hands of the whole thing, and I don't want to be involved at all. Then mentally, then that's probably the right call for you. But um, I really like the idea of structuring. You know, I like orderly things. So if I like, for example, I, I've got somebody who's already declared to me, I kind of want to. I want to be done with the day to day in five years. Part of their five-year plan. So great. So we, now we've got we've got maybe three years to go find the person. So we're not going to wait till year three. Let's start looking now. Yeah. we can be super picky. With who we want, right? Because yep. we'll we'll go, we'll we'll end up talking to a lot of people, we'll probably do some retained search on it, see what shows up and and do that. So, you know, to me, it's not about waking up one day saying, Okay, I gotta get out of here, like in the next thirty days. Like do it orderly, right? Like think, you know, if you're a CEO, if you're a CEO founder, you've gotta think you gotta you gotta act tactically, but you gotta think strategically. Mm-hmm. So you got to get out there, you know, five years, ten years, fifteen years, and think about what, how do you want, and, and really more so about how you want your personal world to work, then figure out how your business need to work, needs to work so that works there. what A lot of guys do is take care of the business game, and they kind of shoehorn the personal stuff around around it, right? I, I think that, I think it's the exact opposite. What's going to excite you about this? The business funds that. It's the economic engine of that, mm-hmm. not the other way around.
0: I want to change subjects for a minute, and maybe we can finish out kind of talking about this topic. But um, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of people that are watching this are big Tony Robbins fans, and yeah. you know, it's been what you said, 23 years since you were in the Tony Robbins. Uh, oh,
1: probably closer, probably closer to 28, 30. It's been a while, a long yeah. time.
0: So, what have what have been like the unique kind of deviations you've stumbled upon and learned? that have kind of taken your knowledge from what, you know, as like a baseline here, learning from mm-hmm. Tony's Tony Robbins' training yep. to here. You know, what are those little deviations and variables you've picked up and learned through experience and ahas and... Oh, what, that's a, um, okay,
1: that's a, that's, a, that's a very loaded question, so I'll do my best to answer it. Um, You know, I learn as much from my clients as, as I teach them. So to me, I'm like a bee who likes to pollinate a lot of plants, and I've done that for decades. Um, I'm very good, you know, we talk about unique unique ability what i 'm very good at doing is decipher the why why is somebody successful i 'm very good at asking that question to myself and observing how they do things and i 'm able to pull out the recipe and i've done that you know tens of thousands of times in my career, so you know what I would say is You know that's so. First of all, it's not like one little thing; it's probably tens of thousands of little things. But there are some "quote unquote" truisms, if you will. You know, some commonality. So, no matter what you do for living, the first thing is, you know, whether you're whether you're an advisor, a realtor, a mortgage professional, anything that's performance based, right? Where your income is directly proportional to how you perform. So, if that's the case, question number one I'd ask is, how much money do you invest in you? So, what's your personal development budget, right? And and all my clients have one. I like it to be anywhere from five to ten percent of top line, right? So when you start out, ain't much of a top line, right? So that may be a couple grand a year, maybe, right? But you do something with that. As you progress, you keep that rule in place: five to ten percent. I like ten because I like it. I like big. So you know when you have half a million dollars of income, ten percent is fifty thousand dollar PD budget. You can hire a damn good coach, personal trainer, whatever, like whatever you need. You go do. When you get to a million dollars, ten percent, yeah, I now got hundred thousand dollars to reinvest back in myself, right? You can hire the best of the best, like literally could. You can, you know, you go hire the best of the best. And when a lot what are of the
0: people, people that go, come to mind for you, by the way, in the person like, world, like let's say you I got a hundred grand to spend. On personal development, who are- I'd
1: go see, I'd go see uh, Brandon Bouchard, I'd go see Garrett White for me. I and mean, I'm going through my, my bucket list stuff, right? If you will, uh, Brandon Bouchard, Garrett White, um, Craig Ballantine, uh Kulian. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm going through my, my other list. So I, I'd seek out other experts, mentors. I'm a big believer in mastermind groups. I think, uh, you know, being involved in the mastermind group, group would be Joe Polish, uh, you know, 25X. I would look at that. Uh, Dan Sullivan strategic coach things like that um I'd want to get in I would want to be in a peer group where I'd have like-minded individuals and I do that for like for the in the advisor space I create those. that's one of my business models right I create mastermind mentorship groups uh and we meet around the country as a matter of fact doing this so I would look at that you know quite frankly and then whatever else I need it if I um if I needed a personal trainer because I wanted to make sure my health, my body was in shape, I would do that. If I wanted to go hire a concierge doctor to, uh, or, or an anti-aging doctor, life extension doctor because I wanted to make sure my, my body was going to be at peak throughout my, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, I would go do that. Whatever it took to make me better, and, and the point I want to drive at this is, and this is fascinating, I had a conversation, I had a conversation with a client three weeks ago. He, he's all freaked out. He's like, he's trying to decide whether or not he should, you know, you know Joe, 10%, and that's a big number. You know, it's going to cause me not to be able to max out my 401k and my retirement planning and stuff like that. And uh, I said, okay, I get that. So, so let me ask you a question. Let's just say it's 50 grand. So you'll put 50 grand into a retirement vehicle, whatever. What do you expect to get back on? He goes, six eh, to 8%. Okay, great. Okay. Um, when you put that money at 50 grand, where does, where does that money go? Well, it goes into whatever, an ETF, mutual fund, wherever. So fine. Where do, they, where, do the, where do those managers deploy that money? They give it to who? They give it to Bill Gates, right. Jeff Bezos, right? They invest it in other companies, right? So you're taking your 50 grand and you're gonna invest it in other companies for a little bit of a tax deduction and 7% return. right? What if you took that same 50 grand and invested it by yourself, which is by, by the way, still tax deductible, right? Professional education. I reinvested back in myself. If you got the right coach or you got a personal trainer or you got a lot of energy or you joined the right mastermind group, what kind of yield could you make on that investment? Yeah. Some guys could double triple it, right? But they don't but the problem is, you know, the problem is, Chris, most people don't think that way. If you're an entrepreneur, the most valuable resource you have is you, And yet you're not willing to reinvest. You know, they'd rather go invest in a restaurant or why do is some that, crazy why is, stuff.
0: Why is that so hard for people, by the way? But,
1: like, uh, well, why? you know why? It's, you, you know what, it, it's a, it's, it's, what I, it's an elegant distraction. Yeah. Because if I'm going, if I'm doing these other things, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not looking here, yeah. All right? Because a lot of guys don't wanna play that game, you know? And so to me, you know, you, if you're gonna reinvest in yourself, that means you gotta take inventory of yourself, right? A lot of guys, no, no, I'm gonna go do that or I'm sure in your space of mine, oh, here's this new marketing program. I'm going to go reinvest. I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to take 20 grand and put it there. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing, dude. Um, you're unhealthy. Your attitude sucks. <laughs> you know, you don't believe you deserve to be successful. Um, why are we going to go spend 20 grand on marketing when if you, if somebody, if you happen to go have to, to go see somebody, you know you're going to sabotage the shit out of it because <laughs> you don't believe you deserve it. Yeah. Right. That's the game. So so it's just it's just the crazy stuff that I've seen in my career, because I deal with human beings all day long. That you know, I sit there and say, you know, and when I talk about it like to somebody like you, you know, like reinvesting yourself, it's like so, oh, that makes toll, like so, that's so sensical, right? Yeah, it makes all sense. But yet, oh man, you know, I gotta maximize my K plan. Dude, you already told me you're not gonna retire. What the hell difference does it make?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? You're gonna play this game through your seventies, you'll have plenty of money. Worry, like why are you worried about it in your forties? You need to get yourself right now so you can go produce $30 million in your career for your family. Let's mm-hmm. not worry about that. Just rules are, what, what most entrepreneurs have to understand is the rules that they see and hear and listen to in the normal world do not apply to us. Mm-hmm. We're different. And you have to identify with that. Like, you know, like as soon as the day I decided I was never gonna retire, I said, well, why am I killing myself trying to save all this money and do all this stuff? Like, you know, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to go take my trips. I'm going to drive the cars I want to drive, fly the way I want to fly. Whether I die with $3 million or $10 million, I'm dead. What difference does it make? I might as well enjoy the process of getting there, right? Most guys don't think that way. They think in the scarcity mindset, you know, going forward.
0: Joe you've you've um you've dropped a lot of a lot of nuggets in the last 45 minutes mm-hmm. what like you know for people that have gained a lot of value out of this and learned a lot new yeah. how can they reciprocate the value for, like if there's someone watching this and not in the registered investment advisor mm-hmm. game yeah. maybe a large percentage of people on here like i guess what's the value you can get out of, um,
1: out of you this? know you know it's funny when uh, when i knew you and i were going to do this thing i asked myself that same question like you know and, and you know and this has been very refreshing for me because typically i do my i do industry stuff right so just to kind of be able to talk about success and talk about it in more of a an, an uh, opaque manner, right? Not really driving toward RIA's or this or that. Yep. Um, if anybody got one thing out of this, and you say, you know what, that was valuable, just you know what I'd say, just find me on LinkedIn, connect with me. I've got no agenda with anybody. Um, you know, build my tribe. And, and what I would say also is pay it forward. You know, I was very lucky in my career, early, very early in my career. Like in, I'm talking about in my mid twenties. Um, I was asked to join a group of, uh, of very senior gentlemen because they wanted to take a young person on and mentor and mastermind. There's four individuals. And i never went to college, but I spent three years with these individuals before I moved. And I got an MBA, PhD, everything from these four individuals in real world education and mentoring and stories and, and just distinctions, right? They're inv- I mean, I couldn't put a price tag on them right so what I've done is I've taken one young person under my wing uh, in a totally different industry and I just mentor them and it's got I I, get, I don't receive any compensation I don't don't do anything so what I would ask any successful person here is go find a young person and take them under your wing and guide them because you know I'll say you know, this is my belief I think uh, there are a lot of I think a big vast majority of the young people in our society today are rudderless. You know, they live or die by Instagram and Snapchat. It's unhealthy, right? And we're creating a society that believes that they have to go to college, and you have to get a degree, and you have to get a job, and that's the only path for you, and it's not true. So you can be successful whether you go to school, or not go to school. In fact, some, ki- some kids shouldn't go to school. It's just a waste, right? It just, it's, just a, it's a couple hundred grand down the hole, and four years of waste of time. So, you know, see the world for what it is and, and speak the truth. Like I've got three young adult children and, you know, my daughter graduated, which was great. She was meant to go to school. My two boys have joined me in the business. I'm mentoring them. And I say, look, I, guys, you guys will never work for anybody because you're like me, you're unemployable. So you, she'll come to me with a business and I'll invest in it. Right? When you're ready. In the meanwhile, you're going to bust your hump with me. <laughs> and you're going to do what I need you to do because I'm going to pay you, right? But you're going to learn how the real world works. Not all college tells you it works.
0: How old are your kids, Joe?
1: My oldest will turn 25 this year. Um, my middle will turn 23 this year. And my youngest daughter who graduated UCF will turn 22 this year.
0: What do you hope is the greatest lesson they take from you?
1: Uh, you know, they always say I'm a workaholic, so that's not the lesson, and, I, and I'm not. I enjoy what I do. I, you know, I think that to me that, you know, be resilient. I think being an entrepreneur is not, it's, it's not glory, man. It, it sucks sometimes it's getting through the suck. And you know, they, look, they've seen, they've seen our game, you know, early on when they were little kids, when there wasn't a lot of resources around, right. You're kind of building something up and you're doing things and you know that it's okay to have a vision and then go towards it. vision. I tell, you know what, I tell any young person, I say, look, If you want to be an entrepreneur, don't let you're 40 years old with with three kids and then go off on your own and have all that stress. Like if you want to go do a business thing, like if you want to be an advisor, you want to be a realtor, you want to be a mortgage dude or person, do it young. Like establish that now because if you fail, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have a wife or kids or a spouse or anything like that. Like now's the time if you want to take massive risk to build something incredible, do it while you're young don't wait until you have all this other stuff you'll change you won't take the risk that may be necessary now I took a huge risk because we're eight months pregnant with my first child right Right. so I mean that I would not recommend that to anyone by the way I would not recommend that process at all right going forward but that's what the advice I'd give like I would love to see I would love to see I think there's a lot more entrepreneurs in our society but I think society is trying to tell them don't do that it's too risky you might fail who cares fail
0: I fail all the time. What's fascinating about what you just said is in, um, uh, Brandon Bouchard, he has this high performance journal. Yep. And when you review, when you, when you go through it, and you review your daily and weekly summary, um, there's a question in there of, you know, did you make, um, you know, the things you needed to accomplish this, this day and this week, did you make it a necessity? Mm -hmm. And if you've got an eight month, uh, did you say eight month old or your wife was? Eight no months
1: eight pre- old. no, she was pregnant eight months, so no I didn't have an eight months old no that, that probably, If that was the case, that may have never happened. Yeah you know, I mean it may have changed my risk my appetite for risk at that point. So, no, we were still getting there.
0: Well, I think even if you have like young kids, it'll definitely increase your the necessity for you to take action. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I have a couple of clients, and you know, it, I wish it was my idea. It wasn't. Uh, I, got, I got two of my clients who, their kids, when, when mom and dad, one's a, one's a, one's a male, one's female, uh, when they come home, uh, their children ask, uh, how, you know, What did you do, to Daddy? What did you do to, do to grow your business today? Tell <laughs> me what you do to grow your business today. That's the first thing after they say, I love you. Hey, what you do today? That you cannot, you, I mean, you can lie to your kids if you want, but that, I mean, that's tough. That's tough love. And look, I, and, I, and I, I endorse that. I say, you know what? You're either going to lie to your kids or you're going to tell the truth, but you know they're going to ask the question.
0: Yeah, that's All good. Right? But
1: that's powerful. That's the, game goes.
0: That's, the way to, that's the way to up your um, responsibility to take action.
1: The more you can get uncomfortable the better, the higher your level of success, and that's what most people don't understand. They're trying to be comfortable, and they're just knee-capping mm-hmm. their possibility of doing what they want to do.
0: Joe, I'm gonna, um, you know, I, I, we have thousands of people that um, stream this, and, um, you know, uh, from all different industries. So, sure, I, I'm. There's no doubt you're gonna get someone's gonna connect with you because this has been an incredibly. Um, powerful, the uh, the information and uh, the advice you've given. Um, I have a registered investment advisor that helps me here in Austin. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I, I'm a big proponent of, of paying for coaching and good um, and learning and growing. And um, I'm going to uh, kick him in the ass and tell him he needs to call you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and tell him to get on the phone with you. Yeah, look, look.
1: Any any advisor can have 30, 30 minutes of my time. No questions asked. No commitment. No nothing. Just for a conversation. I love to, as you can tell. I love doing what I do. I love talking to people. It's not a
0: problem at all. Well, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send him your way to reach out. Cool. I right, Appreciate that. Um, well, guys, thanks for tuning in to CEO Secrets today. Joe, thanks for being on. And um, you guys can check this out if you're uh, listening to this on iTunes. You can always check this out on um, on YouTube. And um, if you guys check out on Facebook, the Chris Waters Rainmaker Alliance group, we post these on our Facebook page if you want to get early access to it. And um, if you guys have any questions in the comments section, if you're watching this on Facebook, I'll get to those in a minute. And uh, and Joe, I might, might be sending you an email with some questions people have in our uh, Facebook group. We got um, well over a thousand hardcore uh, team building entrepreneurial business owners in that group. So uh, cool. thanks again for your time and um, you guys tune in next time to CEO Secrets. Want more CEO Secrets? If so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team at www.themilliondollarrealestateteam.com for free. Inside this book, you'll find my top secrets that we've used to net $1 million in just three years.